I'll ask you to stand this morning. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3. Look at verse 16. We're also going to flip over to 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. It says this, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Let us pray. Hide me behind your cross. Lord, may my words be your heart. You have told us you love us. Help us to know your love and live it every day of our lives. Amen. You may be seated. Henry Morehouse was a wild young man who by age 16 was a gambler, gang leader, and thief. But during the revival of 1859, Henry gave his life to Jesus. And while D.L. Moody was in Great Britain, he met this man. And Morehouse said to Moody, I am thinking of going to America. Well, said Moody, if you should ever be in Chicago, come down and I will let you preach. Now, Mr. Moody was not two-faced. He was merely trying to be polite, but mentally he was saying, I hope he won't come. <laughs> there are so many people, you know, who want to preach, even though God never meant them to, and Mr. Moody was not quite sure of Mr. Morehouse. So Mr. Moody was rather taken aback one day when just, after, uh, just before leaving for a series of meetings, he received a telegram from Morehouse which stated that he had arrived in New York and he would arrive in Chicago on Sunday and now I'm going away, Moody thought, and I told him he could preach here. So he told his wife and his committee that a young Englishman was coming and to allow him to preach once. If the people enjoy him, Moody added, then put him on again. When Moody returned, he asked his wife, well, what about that young preacher? Oh, he's a better preacher than you are. <laughs> Why, said Moody. He is telling sinners that God loves them. He is wrong. God doesn't love sinners, Moody said. Well, go and hear him, replied his wife. Why, is he still preaching, asked Mr. Moody. Yes. He has been preaching all week and has taken only one text, John 3.16. That evening, Moody went to hear Morehouse preach. The young man stood up in the pulpit and said, If you will turn to the third chapter of John in the 16th verse, you will find my text. Moody later recalled, He preached a most extraordinary sermon from that text. I never knew up to that time that God loved us so much. This heart of mine began to thaw out, and I could not keep back the tears. It was like news from a far country. I just drank it in. 
Night after night, Morehouse preached from John 3.16, and it had a life-changing effect on D.L. Moody. I have never forgotten those nights, Moody said later. I have preached a different gospel myself since, and have more power with God and man since then. Later, when Morehouse fell ill and was on his deathbed, he looked up and told his friends, If it were the Lord's will to raise me again, I should like to preach from the text, God so loved the world. And those five words serve as the catalyst for us, for the sermon series we begin today. God so loved the world. It is the underscore of everything. God loves us. God loved us. What does it mean here? What does that love look like? What kind of love does God have for us? Does God love us like our parents love us? Does God love us like our friends love us? Does God love us like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife? What does the love of God look like? How is it possible that God's love could be so compelling and so provocative and so immense that it could be proclaimed over and over and have impact? What does it mean to say God loves? God loved us enough to create us, to form us from the dust. God loved us enough to let us fail, to let us choose our own way over God's, to let us chain ourselves to sin and defeat and heartbreak and sorrow and death. God loved us enough to provide a rescue, a way back through wanderers, murderers, adulterers, defaulters, promise breakers, foreigners, strangers, and lovers. God loved us enough to show us mothers, judges, kings, and prophets who loved and spoke for God and kept reminding us of the promise of redemption. God loved us enough to send us Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, to preach and live peace, grace, hope, joy, and love. God loved us enough to see Jesus rejected, to see him die, to see him buried. And God loved us enough to raise Jesus from the dead and send the Holy Spirit to remind us of all we have in him and empower us to live like him. God loved us enough to want us to live like Jesus, an abundant life infused with all the fruit of the Spirit, redeemed, free, loved. God loved us enough to still let us choose our destiny. God loved us enough to promise the hope of forever, of resurrection from the dead, and judgment. God loved us enough. God loves us enough. God will always love us enough. For God so loved the world. God's love for us isn't like any other love we know. Every other love we see in life is one that could fail us. But God's love never fails. God is love. The Apostle John, who spent so much close time with Jesus, enough that he calls himself in his gospel the one whom Jesus loved, 
and calls us beloved throughout his letters. He tells us that this is the lens through which we can read all of scripture. He says that God is love and that when we review all that is and was and will be by first acknowledging that truth, we can trust all we are and all we will be to that God. Because God loves us. God loves you. God loves all of us. God loves you when you lie. God loves you when you cheat. God loves you when you gossip. God loves you when you hate. God loves you when you are angry. God loves you when you are sad, when you are sick, when you are healthy. God loves you in every moment and in every situation you find yourself. God loves you when you cannot see it. God loves you when you're angry with God. God loves you when you don't believe in God. God loves you more than I can tell you, more than you can understand, more than you can see, more than you have ever seen. And God tells us this over and over and over again in this book. The wonder of the Bible is, is not just that it has come to us through history, but even more that it comes to us with a solid, continuous message. You are loved by the God who is love. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves me. God loves every person in this world who was, who is, and who will be. Maybe you had great parents who loved you perfectly. Maybe you have had a great boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife who loved you very well and made sure you knew it. Maybe you have a child or grandchild that you love them with a love you cannot articulate and you cannot express adequately. God loves better than that. God loves bigger than that. God loves more. All of that perfect love that we might know in our lives, those are shadows, slivers of what it looks like when we look for the immensity and fullness of God's love. Maybe you've lived your whole life and you've never heard someone say, I love you. Or maybe those words only came with pain and heartache and sorrow. Maybe those words always came with conditions and rules you knew that if you broke any of the parts of what you were supposed to do, you knew it would cost you that love. God's love isn't like that. God loves us. God loves you. God loves without condition. God wants you to understand that love. 
God wants you to see as much of it as you can and to understand it as fully as you possibly can. God would say to you right now, today, without any hesitation, I love you. Can you hear it? Over the course of the next year and a half, you're going to hear it every week. Hopefully longer than that. But you're going to hear it every week as part of this series. God loves you. Every single book in this Bible tells us over and over again that that's true. And we're going to read it and know it everywhere that it's printed. God wants you to know love. God wants you to live in it. When you love someone, everything about how you react changes. When you know that someone else loves you, you change how you behave. You change what you do. Not because there's some expectation, some rule that you have to follow, but because you want to give it back. And that's what God wants for you. God wants you to be able to love others because you know you are loved. Every week, we celebrate at the table. And every week, this is the most tangible expression of God's love that we have. The son who died and yet lives gave everything so we could know the depth of God's love. So come, drink the wine, eat the bread, know you are loved. God loves you. Go, love the world with him.